Yeah, it's such a different experience to be like, oh, I'm having these negative thoughts and that's wrong. My upper limit is so low yeah. <laughs> versus like having the having the awareness and the capacity and <laughs> my compassion. My upper limit is so low. <laughs> my upper limit fucking sucks. Need to work on this. <laughs> it's like you can be in that space or you can notice, you know, you hit your limit. You're coming back to a moment of contrast and be like, okay, this is my opportunity to really love myself. This is my opportunity to nourish myself. This is my opportunity to explore some of these limiting beliefs, have compassion for where they came from, why I adopted them, and look at them and question them. Do I want to keep believing this or not? Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to one of your favorite podcasts, High Vibe in It. It's your co-hosts, Kelsey Aida and Lindsay Robinson. We are here today to speak on the topic of what Gay Hendrix calls upper limits. And when we hopped on to do our episode today, our solo record, we were not fighting this too strong of a word, but we're going back and forth of like, what should we record about today? Should we record we, about we this? We want to do, we want to do a Halloween episode, which we will record another time. And you will hear that maybe before or after this one, but all that to say, we decided today on this topic that's been inspiring me lately, which is this idea of us having limits of how much positivity and how much good energy we can tolerate. And, um, this was this idea was so blatantly and beautifully explained in the book Conscious Loving: The Journey to Co-Commitment, which is actually like a relationship book that I've been reading with my fiance by Gay Hendricks and um, Kathleen Hendricks, who are a couple and they're both um, therapists and they're married. And they wrote this amazing book about relationships, but so much of it has to do with just life in general. And in the book, they describe this concept of upper limits and how we just really can't tolerate too much positivity in a row before we self-sabotage or manifest an accident or start fighting with our partner or whatever it is to like ruin the moment because we're not used to feeling so good for so long. So then that begs the question of like, okay, how can we increase our upper limits so we're not self-sabotaging as much and so we can extend periods of feeling good and so we can up-level our ability to feel good for longer amounts of time. So yeah, it's just a really cool topic that I've been kind of reflecting on. And today I was reading a little bit from the book to Lindsay. Um, so we could just have a conversation about upper limits and how can we improve our upper limits and how can we notice when we are getting into that sabotaging nature and we've reached an upper limit so all that to say today's going to be a great episode of expanding our ability to feel good for longer periods of time yeah and I think uh this is something that has a lot of names people call it glass ceiling or you know any any kind of obstacle that you're coming up against when you're trying something new we all have a limit i mean even the happiest person on earth has has a, a threshold w into the unknown where once they pass it it gets very very uh 
scary <laughs> for lack of a better word, very, you know, they get a little apprehensive subconsciously because anything, as I've said many, many, many times, anything unknown to the subconscious is just as scary as a known danger. And so you are going to feel uncomfortable. And that's a lot of um, self-sabotage uh, activity comes in when we are uncomfortable in the unknown. And that can even be good unknown. So I think it's an important conversation. I think that um, some people listening may not have ever even heard of this idea of the upper limit or or their limit to happiness. It doesn't, it's not a fixed state. That's the good news. There's no, there's no like set in stone state that you have to be in uh, forever. You're, as Kelsey said, you're able to expand that and, and it's about getting comfortable uh, in a place that was once uncomfortable. And we've been doing that our whole lives. So this is just a conversation around how to keep doing that, ways to recognize when you're, when you're feeling that. And you're also absolutely right. It can happen in relationships. It can happen in uh, success. It can happen with money. It can happen in any area of your life where you want to, where you want to expand, you're going to feel that. And, and I know, I think it's called in the book, the pulsation, right? And oh yeah. The pulsation between like feeling good and then starting a fight or feeling believe, good and yeah, then yeah. sabotaging somehow. And we've talked about another, a, a variation of the pulsation before, which is expansion contraction, right? Yeah. I think that exactly it what be, it is. Mm-hmm, it can be spoken of in that same way of you feel expansion, you feel expansive, and then then comes the contraction. But with every contraction is another expansion. And so it just kind of goes back to that concept and that conversation of life is about contrast and you don't have to suffer through it and you're able to have a say in where you're comfortable and where you're, how much happiness you can tolerate. But not everybody's just going to be able to reach a high level of success right away. You're going to have moments of like, doubt and and being scared and and absolutely terrified of the next step so let's talk about step one um i think we've covered what it is <laughs> this idea yeah. of like well we all first, have limits yeah and first i want to be really clear that we're not insinuating that your goal should be to feel positive and feel happy all the time because as we've mentioned on the show this is one impossible and two not very self-loving to expect yourself to be able to do something that's absolutely impossible impossible <laughs> So you're setting yourself up to fail if that's the goal. But what we're saying is our personal goals that you can also adopt if you would like, if it feels good to you, is to expand our tolerance for feeling good and raise our vibration in a way where we can tolerate feeling good for longer spurts of time. So it's really a way of cultivating more peace and less drama and a way to expand your capacity for good energy. So it's not to say that feeling bad is wrong. It's all part of the process. And it's not to say that your goal is to be happy all the time. But our goal in this conversation and just in life at this moment is to, you know, raise our upper limits because that can make the quality of life so much better. And the thing is, like, this is such a human thing. We all have examples and experiences in our lives where we have self-sabotage. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. We've heard it on the news. The guy wins the lottery and then loses it a week later because he doesn't have that. He doesn't have the capacity or the energetic match to what he's uh, achieving. And I think that's another way you could say it is an energetic match to the ideal outcome is another way to say you're expanding your container for happiness. And and it's absolutely true. Um with my own with my own journey and my own like success journey, I guess I would I would have a really good few months, really good year even, and then all of a sudden it's like what 
what what happened and i think that what we're going to talk about next which is the rest right like the the feel it and then rest i never rested and and that it can be the hardest part for a lot of people so let's let's talk about that piece because this is something that uh i think is very universal and very something that we can all benefit from yeah um i think it's really noticing when you're on the verge of the sabotage mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's your cue to take a break. And so for example, let's say you're on vacation and you're having a really great time. It's just so easy to feel awesome and have fun. And then all of a sudden you notice your anxious part coming into your earbuds, trying to give you all the reasons for why you should worry when you get back home and your vacation is almost over and blah, blah, blah. I do that even when I'm not on vacation. Right. So. This is just like a very specific example, but we do this all the time, right? You're just sitting on the couch, minding your own business, having a lovely restful moment and then bam, anxiety. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Cass, remember like this is the famous conversation that I that I reference all the time where like everything was going fine really really fine extra fine and the weirdest part was that I wasn't worried and I said to Kelsey like should I be nervous that I'm not worried about <laughs> exactly should Perfect I be worried example. that I'm not worried and that is that is such a like it's so such a universal thing again it's a very human thing because we we literally would not be here today if we didn't have to hone that that skill of survival and that that ability to map out every single outcome, the worst outcome, the worst case scenario so that we can avoid it and survive. So, so don't, don't beat yourself up. This is a very normal thing, but we it doesn't do always it. have to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. We all do it, but we can practice doing it less to make life yes. easier. <laughs> so given this general example, feeling great, anxiety is creeping in. This is the perfect opportunity to be like, oh, I hit my upper limit. I'm going into a different space because, you know, I'm just not used to feeling so good for such a long period of time. So instead of giving into the anxiety and listening to what's going on there, let's just take a break. Maybe I need to take a nap. Maybe Which I know is not the first time people are hearing about this, right? It's yes. A, it's a, again, a different way to say it. And to say, uh oh, I've reached my upper limit feels good because then at least you know what's going on most of the time we don't and we're still being told to take a break well if it feels hard you should just go rest and that's great but when you say why and like what's actually happening in your mind it just I don't know if it, it hits different <laughs> yeah it hits different when you know what's going on and then you don't get lost in like the suffering you know yeah that's the yeah. beauty of awareness and <laughs> expanding your consciousness so you realize you're hitting your upper limit I think the next best thing to practice that would be an invitation to to ask yourself, okay, how can I just rest? How can I rest right now? How can I rest my mind? Do I need to meditate? Would some yoga feel really nourishing? Is a nap the best way to go? Do I just need some sunshine? Like, what is the thing that is going to help me anchor in, like, however much positivity I was able to experience up until this point? Yeah. Um, and not have to do such a deep dive into a lower vibrational state and get stuck there or get lost there. So those are some of my ways. Like, what would you say are some of your ways that oh, you like to okay. just take a break? <laughs> I got it. I got it. So, so I think I've really, especially this year, kind of honed my ability to ask myself, what do I need the most? Not what yes. should I be doing? Not what am I supposed to do? Not what's on my to-do list. We always say don't shit on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but what do I need? Do I need to go eat some cheese? Do I need to 
go work out? Do I need to go listen to my favorite song and just dance in the kitchen because my kids are at school and they won't see me? Uh, do I need to go outside? Uh, do I need to take a nap? Do I need to just rest my body? Do I need to have fun? Usually it's have fun. And I think that just getting in touch with those needs, like how often does the average person ask themselves what they need? Yeah. It's just not a thing in society. And so coming back to that really, what should be step one, what should be so basic and so um, ground zero, like, what do you need? What do you need? What would fill your cup right now? Yeah. And another example, like from the book, because this is a relationship book, it gives the example of like, you've spent so much time with your partner. It's been so great. But as soon as you notice you want to start a fight with them, or you want to nitpick them or whatever, that's your opportunity to take some space, go do your own thing, go to your fitness class, go with your girlfriends, like get out of the house, like don't share space in that moment. That's your opportunity to really like cleanse the palate yeah, <laughs> and start over again for a nice spurt of loving energy between the two of you. And it's the same thing because everything's relationships, right? Like this can be played out in the context of a romantic relationship or your relationship with your anxiety or your relationship with your happiness or your relationship with your inner critic. Like it's all the same. relationship with money. Exactly. It's all, all the same. Everything is relationships. So that's why so- I really- I mean, loved the whole concept, especially in the context of romance, but also just life. (laughs) So I got another one um, Mm -hmm. that feels really, really good when I do it, which is I, not all the time, but there are times when I uh, really feel into the fear. And I think that that's very important because you need to know what's going on. Always. You need to know what's going on. Not knowing is half of (laughs) half the battle. So I just what am I afraid of? And I think Kelsey, I told you about this the other day and I wrote at the top of the paper, I am writing this down for the explicit intention of releasing it to the universe where it will be transmuted and resolved. And then I just started listing all of my fears, every raw, honest fear that I had. And then below that, you know, you kind of, okay, that's established. What would I like to believe instead? What am I open to believing? What would be cool to believe? If I could believe it, what would that be? And that was such a game changer. And it is every time I do this, I tell my clients to do this too. Like when you are able to not only acknowledge where you're at and just feel into it just for a second, then you can be like, oh yeah, that feels really gross. What do I want to believe? And then just go play in the, in the world of what if. You guys, I have an amazing podcast recommendation for you all that I think you're going to love, especially if you like working out of coffee shops. I love working out of coffee shops. I like being in the work grind with everybody else. I don't even drink coffee. I just go to work and get stuff done and hang out with other people. But when you don't always have time to go to the coffee shop, you can bring the coffee shop to you with the Coffee Shop Sounds podcast, which is literally a podcast that just posts high quality immersive background noise from America's best coffee shops. (laughs) So it feels like you're in a coffee shop, even if you can't get to the coffee shop, it goes great with music or by itself. And it just gives you that coffee shop vibe and atmosphere, no matter where you are. So whether you're in a busy airport, whether you're at home, whether you're at the park, and you want to get some work done with that nice coffee shop background noise, this is the podcast for you. It's totally free. It's super awesome. You can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just go to the URL, Sounds 
coffee. That's the word sounds with an S at the end, dot coffee. That is the URL. I know it's kind of different, so I'll repeat it again, sounds.coffee. That's where you can find the Coffee Shop Sounds podcast, which I think you'll love. Hey, Lindsay here. Have you seen what's new inside my Align Your Mind membership? Members already get instant access to my best hypnotherapy audios, mindset hacks, manifesting methods, and more on demand right at their fingertips. But now when you join AYM, you'll also get a major VIP level upgrade with my brand new goal-focused hypnotherapy toolkits. These toolkits inside AYM are carefully curated hypnotherapy bundles designed with your specific goals in mind. Whether you desire to call in more money consistently, get out of the mindset rut that you're in, renew your passion and confidence, manifest with more ease and power, cultivate more self-love and inner knowing, or finally release the burdens from your past and heal. Once your subconscious mind is on board with your goal, it's a done deal, and that's what my toolkits are designed to do for you. So if you're ready to rewire your mind, release what's holding you back, and manifest your desires with ease, the AYM membership is where it's at. Just hit the link in the episode description and start embodying your highest potential. Yeah. What if I could believe that I'm always expanding and I'm actually in the right place at the exact right time and I'm always being guided and supported and, you know, I am loving and lovable, you know, though, if it's a relationship, you know, um, I just think that acknowledging what you, where you're at, and then you can, from that place, decide, decide a better feeling thought. And that's, that's really what all of the sages say is just decide a better feeling thought. Even if you can't get on board with it right now, no one's asking you to just jump on board with it. Would you be open to, would it be cool? You know, and that's sometimes that's all you need to just start acknowledging that there can be expansion happening always. Yeah. Because every thought is going to produce a certain experience for you, right? If I think the thought that I have a great podcast and I'm super wise and helping a lot of people, that's going to boost my confidence and I'm feeling like warm and fuzzy and great, right? If I have a thought that nobody's going to hear this, nobody's going to care what I have to say, like this podcast is such a waste of time, I'm barely even making any money doing it, blah, 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 blah. If I just go down that rabbit hole, Now I'm feeling heavy. My heart's feeling closed. I'm feeling tight. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling inadequate. So every thought that you have is going to produce an internal experience, which is where you have the opportunity to notice your thoughts. And if you don't like what you're thinking, you can choose again, because majority of your thoughts are A, repeated from yesterday. So if you want to create a new life, you need to work with your thoughts. And two, majority of your thoughts are not facts. Yeah. Pretty much I would say like 90% of the time, whatever you're thinking is not a fact. (laughs) So if it wasn't a fact and you were open to feeling better and creating a new experience for yourself, what would you rather be thinking that you could get on board with? And this is where we always come back on the show to the authenticity piece. Like it's not helpful to use affirmations or think thoughts that don't feel like they could be true or thoughts that you aren't actually open to, right? So There is a way where you can do this. I don't want to use the word wrong because I don't like that word, but there is kind of a way to do it where it's not helpful. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's a detrimental way to change your thoughts where you're being, you know, toxically positive, quote unquote, so to speak, and you're not allowing how you really feel. But to allow how you really feel and then transmute it would look like what Lindsay offered in her example, or maybe I can think of an example on the spot like... um, 
let's say if I have a thought like, oh, I don't have the skills or abilities to accomplish what I want, I could think, well, I'm open to learning and acquiring those skills so that I can get what I want. Just because I don't have it right now, it doesn't mean I can't obtain it or learn it. So I'm not jumping the Grand Canyon and saying, I have the skills and the abilities because the thought that I didn't like was I don't have those skills and abilities. There's a middle thought that feels good and juicy and expansive and opening that is, you know, I'm going to learn. I'm open to learning. I want to improve in this area. I'm going to achieve what I'm here to achieve. And that's that. (laughs) And the beautiful thing is anything you want to learn is at your fingertips these days. Like you have no, nothing stopping you. You have a brain in your head and you have internet connection, you got this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So here's something interesting. Let's do like a little round table and maybe share some uh, recent moments of when we hit our upper limits. So I'll go first. So upon reflection for myself, I recently went through a transition where I'm weaning off of doing hair so much and I used to do double the hair that I'm doing now. So I cut my hair schedule in half so I could pursue this podcast and write more books and take on more coaching clients and do more of this healing work. And at first it was really hard, but then coming into it, it got easier and my weeks are feeling freer and I feel Mm -hmm. like I have more space and more creativity and more energy. And then it gets to a point where I'm like, wow, I'm feeling so great. I have all this space. I have all this freedom. I have all this time, all this opportunity, all this energy. And then I can be there for like a couple of days and then it's like, boom, crash and burn into the contrast of like, I can't believe you quit doing hair in that way. What were you thinking? That was so stupid. This isn't even working. Everything that you're trying, like who knows if you're even going to get another client? Who knows if this is going to happen? Like, I can't believe you did that so prematurely, blah, 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 blah. Judgment, fear, anxiety, critiquing, you insert it, right? So then I ride that little roller coaster. And then, you know, a couple hours or the next day later, I'm back to where I was before, feeling, feeling expansive, feeling great, feeling excited. Um, So, so it happens to the best of us, you know, and that that's exactly (laughs) how it feels for me. Um, It doesn't even necessarily have to be a new feeling. It's just a return. It it could be a return to an old feeling of expansion and and abundance and happiness and flow and all these things. And a couple days of that, maybe a week. And then I'm like, oh, nothing's going right ever. This is horrible. And and the thing is, like, what is ha- like? Here's what I, here's what I want to talk about. Let's talk about what is happening during that process because I feel like the fear when people are listening to this part of the conversation is, well, if I don't actively rest or acknowledge what's happening, then I've just undone everything that I've done on all the undone all the expansion that I've already had. So let's let's debunk hopefully that yeah well here's my theory that I've been thinking about recently and I feel like when those thoughts are manifesting themselves again when your inner critic is making herself known when your anxiety is freaking the fuck out I feel like it's density releasing itself yeah especially in this day and age when transformation is happening so fast and so many people are awakening it can feel intense because all the old stuff is coming out to be released and purged and felt and sifted through and reworked and transmuted. So I like to look at those moments of contrast as healing 
Like, yeah, this is not me reverting. This is me expressing it, letting it out and healing. And this is my mind and my body and my emotional body's way of getting rid of the old. Like it needs one last final hurrah or like a hundred last final hurrahs yeah. <laughs> before it's like done playing out its course. So to me, I feel like it's like a density purge or like a density yeah, release. Absolutely. And I think there's this, there's this quote that's kind of making its rounds on Instagram by Abraham Hicks, which is eventually you are going to get everything you want. It's just when are you going to be able to chill out and be okay with the fact that you're already getting everything you want? Let yourself receive, right? So I think that you're already going to the destination. We're already expanding. And I don't think there's much we can do to undo that. I mean, of course, I think there always is, but I think you'd have to try really hard to undo all the progress that you are making consciously and unconsciously. So you can either flow down the river to where your beautiful destination is and just float without resistance, or you can try to paddle up the opposite direction, but it's going to feel harder. It's the wrong direction and you're going the other way anyway. (laughs) So you can either fight it and still get there, but it'll feel hard. Or you can just kind of release in those moments. And as we've been saying on the podcast, when you notice those moments, take it as a signal that, okay, I'm expanding right now. This is what's happening. I am expanding. I'm in the middle of an expansion. How am I going to, how am I going to facilitate that? I'm not going to fight it. How am I going to facilitate? Yeah. It's such a different experience to be like, oh, I'm having these negative thoughts and that's wrong. My upper limit is so low (laughs) versus like having the having the awareness and the capacity and my compassion upper limit is so low <laughs> my upper limit fucking sucks need to work on this it's like you can be in that space or you can notice you know you hit your limit you're coming back to a moment of contrast and be like okay this is my opportunity to really love myself this is my opportunity to nourish myself this is my opportunity to explore some of these limiting beliefs, have compassion for where they came from, why I adopted them, and look at them and question them. Do I want to keep believing this or not? Yeah. Is this still serving me or no? And then that's where the breakdown leads to the breakthrough. And I know yes. for me, my worst days are always the prerequisite to my best, most expansive, most energized, most excited days. So there's nothing wrong with the process. We're not trying to get rid of the ups and downs. We're just trying to help you navigate them with less resistance and more love and more ease. See, here's the thing. And you said it perfectly. If you knew, lovely, beautiful listeners, if you knew that on the other side of every bad day was the most beautiful day, how much easier would those bad days be? It's just, we don't think about that in the moment. So this is an invitation for you to just try to remember and remind yourself that the pendulum is always, if it's swinging one way, it's got to come back the other way. If you are contracting, there must be expansion to follow. And I think if you look back on all of your hard days and all of these hard experiences, you will see a pattern, right? You'll see the pattern of darkest before the dawn. And and that's when everything kind of, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe this worked out so much better than I ever could have thought. Um, Yeah. Perfect. Love it. Oh, this is a great topic. (laughs) I know. And if this is your first episode listening to us, uh, hey, welcome. Also, one thing we talk about a lot is feel your damn feelings. You're allowed to feel however you feel. And know that you are always expanding and evolving, even on the back. Like we talk about that. This is a recurring theme, right? It's like be, give yourself permission to be okay exactly as you are. 
because otherwise you're trying to swim upstream and it's just who are you helping <laughs> and who's it working for <laughs> I mean when you're trying to fight reality when you're trying to fight where you are you're gonna lose every time yeah it's a yeah. losing battle why would you want to yeah. set yourself up to lose that's no way to live <laughs> we are here to feel the contrast you know we always talk about that too we are we are here to feel it all however it doesn't mean that you must suffer because there's no extra points for suffering. You don't get bonus points for uh, making it harder than it has to be. Mm-hmm. Just feel what you're feeling. You know You'll what I've been thinking about lately to speak to your point of there's no brownie points for suffering. I think the reason why we induce suffering onto ourselves, aside from our upper limitations, like we're talking about is we feel that we need to be somehow deserving. Like we feel like if we suffer more, it makes us more deserving but of why? what we want. Well, that's for everyone to answer on their own. But oh, I, think I know people, why. I can tell everybody why. People have this weird, they don't, they're not connected to their worthiness innately. Yeah. And they feel that they have to create that through giving some sort of pain or giving something up or putting in some type of hard work. or suffering in order to feel that they deserve what they're asking for. They deserve to feel good. I think that there's, there's many reasons. I think this is a very juicy topic too. Lindsay said juicy and she didn't even get ring the bell. (laughs) Ring the bell everyone. Uh, I, I think this is, this is a very, this is rich soil right now. So, so number one, I think that depending on your gender, depending on your background and your culture, you've been taught from a young age that maybe your needs aren't as important as someone else's. Maybe, maybe you're not as worthy. Maybe you need to buy this or do this or be this in order to be worthy. I think that that's very universal. I also think, and I, I will, this is the hill I will die on, right? If you think about how long humans have been in existence, <laughs> tens of thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years, most of it, this is a blip, right? What we're living right now from the industrial industrial revolution to now is like minuscule. And when I say minuscule, I really, really mean like a speck of sand on the beach. Everything before that, guess what? Life was hard with a capital H. True. Life did not start getting easier until the last couple hundred years, but all the rest of humanity, all of our programming, our DNA, our ancestral stuff, our bodies remember that life is supposed to be hard, even though it's not as hard anymore. Like this is the safest time ever to be alive, but as a human, you're programmed to believe that it has to be hard. Think about how long. Because it has been for so long. Think about how long the record has been repeating life is hard, life is hard, life is hard, work for what you have. And then you might not even get what you want. Work till you die, you know, like work hard, work hard. And don't die. It's all about survival. (laughs) And you're going to die. You're going to die from a saber tooth tiger. You're going to die from freaking a factory accident. I don't know. Uh, There's just so many, so many things repeating that mantra of life is hard, life is hard, life is hard that now, and that's not even talking about your own lifetime. My whole childhood, life was hard, life is hard, you're unsafe, you're unsafe, you're unsafe. And that's on top of all the ancestral, life is hard, life is hard, you're unsafe, you're unsafe. And that's not even talking about this, this lifetime that you are now. It's in your DNA for thousands of years to ask someone, nay, to expect someone to rewrite all of that and be expected to just wake up one day and expect life to be easy is almost impossible. 
So this is just taking a moment to, to recognize like, it is okay that you feel this way. You definitely don't have to. And I think more and more people are coming to be okay with the idea that life maybe doesn't have to be hard. You know, you can have what you want. You have already been worthy of everything you want, but it is a big ask. It is a big ask and we're working at it every day. And that's really all we can do. And just to think about where we're going to be in a thousand years or a hundred years, it's kind of cool to think about when you acknowledge how many people really are coming to terms with the fact that like, I don't want to do the same thing that my grandfather did, or I don't want to do the same and be the same and think the same way as my predecessors, because they had to do what they had to do. But now I get to do, I don't have to do, I get to do. And I think that's so powerful, uh, just in general. If you're ready to heal from the past, start manifesting your highest potential and love yourself deeply through the process, you're in luck because I just opened up a few new one-on-one coaching spots. As your transformation facilitator, I help you to expedite your healing, accelerate your growth, and design your life intentionally with me as your unconditional support, guiding, and holding space for you along the way. It's a little bit tricky for me to put into words exactly what happens in each session as they are so unique and my coaching style is deeply intuitive. So here are some client experiences that I will read to you to give you an idea of what it's like. In their words, (laughs) I'm a new and improved version of myself after working with Kelsey. I have so much less anxiety, so much more self-compassion, and in all caps, (laughs) the emotional resilience and freedom I've tapped into is unreal. Another client of mine said, I honestly cannot begin to tell you the shift that has occurred for me already. I was in such turmoil before we started working together and now I can access so much more joy and positivity. I have never been able to do this before. Kelsey is amazing. This work is amazing. Even my doctor is extremely impressed by what Kelsey and I have been able to accomplish together. I've tried traditional therapy and while I did make some helpful discoveries in this, I find my healing sessions with Kelsey to be even more life-giving. With all that being said, if you're feeling the call or even just curious, you can learn more about working with me at kelseyaida.com coaching and I will link to this in the show notes. to the motherfucking men can we get snaps we need snaps <laughs> snaps for that, that was good you're on a rant i was just receiving it it was great ancestry it's my stuff it's my jam. <laughs> but it's yeah you so, bring up a so good powerful. point it's yeah. been hard for 99.99 percent of human existence really hard life or death hard and now it's so yeah. easy compared to that it's obviously still hard to be human, but it's so easy to survive <laughs> compared to back in the day. But our brains and our bodies don't know that. Right. Yeah, it is. It is. So you have to learn a new way of being. You have to teach yourself and practice yourself into a way of ease. It's so foreign. <laughs> it is so foreign. It's slow, but it is sure. And you are further along than you think. Oh, this is so good. Should we head I over love to you, the Kelsey. Patreon? I wish I could hug you right now. Oh, I know. <laughs> I want to hug everyone right now. <laughs> we just want to do a group hug because, you know, life is hard and we're all about making it easier. <laughs> you know what? Life is hard, but you're get- we're getting better every day. Life and is hard and life can be easy. It's all simultaneously I, this is, happening. This is what I say to my kids. You know, if they say something's unfair or this day was horrible or whatever. 
well, you know, no one said life is going to be easy. Life mm-hmm. is hard sometimes. But you know what? It's also beautiful. And it's magnificent. And it's magical. And it surprises you in the best ways. And usually they just roll their eyes at me. But it <laughs> makes me feel good <laughs> to say that. Speaking of fairness, I love that, by the way. Speaking of fairness, since you brought it up, do you feel that like life should be fairer than it is? I don't think fair exists. Me neither. If you I look at nature, it's it very exists. unfair. <laughs> so well, just looking at like animals annihilating each other and like the process of just like things having to die well, for things just, to be born. Yeah. I just don't see fairness. I think so just, I don't think it's meant to be no, fair. I think that just justice, things being just is a thing. I think that I'm not going to spoil my kid with candy and cakes and then make the other one eat vegetables because they're just, but I do think, why should I get the same experience as someone else? Because I think that I should, like, we are so unique when we come to this planet. I have my own path and my path is fair based on what I need it to be from a soul perspective. My soul put me here, plopped me here, gave me a body, said, you got this girl go do it. Uh, I just don't think that there's any situation where I would feel like I need, I need that because they have it. And it's not fair that I don't have it. I'm like, what? This is my journey. It's nothing to do with anyone else. And, and when you have kids, it's a little bit different. You know, you want to treat them all equally, but I think that at some point fair, fair just doesn't exist. It shouldn't, it shouldn't exist. You have your own thing going, who cares? Yeah. I was just curious because you brought yeah. up the, I don't know, you mentioned something about, you know, kids so like, have speaking weird of, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> it's lately. a good, it's a good topic. I think that maybe for some people they've, they've never considered it before, but I love to dissect words these days. Okay, guys, I just saw a UFO. I'm almost positive. I just saw what looked like a plane. Oh no, it is a plane. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> It's a plane. I live near an airfield. Well, not near an airfield, but there's the the Air Force. But but it must have, like, there's no clouds in the sky and it just, like, disappeared. But then I saw another plane right behind it. They must be doing drills. Maybe they're flipping or something. Guys, I almost got so excited. Mothership, take me home. Mothership. Um, uh, They finally came back for me. What was I saying? I forgot. You were talking about fairness. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it's real. I think that, um. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be real. Justice is different. But then again, at some point, when you zoom out far enough, what is justice? Because what yeah. is really bad and good? Right. That means that you would have That's to a whole other everything as right and wrong, bad and good. That's a whole different episode. <laughs> For me, I've tried, and you'll probably notice on the show, I've really tried to eliminate bad mm good right and wrong from my vocabulary and I've just replaced it all with what's beneficial and what's detrimental yes that is actually what I was going to say I was saying how I love to uh reconsider and dissect certain words like for instance fair don't don't like it don't believe in it um but another word fault because my kids and you know in my family nucleus it comes up a lot oh it's my fault it's my fault my kids are so empathetic. Like they really are such good boys. Everyone always comments about how good they are, but they really are just such good souls. And so the downside of that is sometimes they will implode on themselves and say, oh, it's my fault, especially my middle one. It's my fault, it's my fault. And I don't like that word. 
at all. Unless you actually meant to harm someone and cause something bad to happen to someone on purpose, I don't use that word. I just don't like it because the only thing that fault really brings up is guilt. And what does that serve anyone? I don't like that. What if the new phrase was like, I might have accidentally caused this? Yeah. (laughs) Because then you're noticing your power to affect change or to move energy or to create results. (laughs) Yeah. I reframe it as, yeah, as more like cause and effect, right? Yeah. Um, But with a full, full knowledge of like, I don't want to use the word fault at all. Um, Are you, is it something that you regret doing? Yes. Okay. Can you make it up to so-and-so? Sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's leave that word on the side of the road. I just don't, I just don't like it. It's a very sticky negative where if I say something is your fault, I want you to feel guilty. And there is never a chance I ever want my kids to feel guilty about anything. They already know. They already know. Most people know right from wrong. And so if they do something on purpose, which really never happens, then it'll be a different conversation. But it's never, it's always like, I left my toy on the floor and Grayson tripped over it or something. Like it's yeah. my fault. Like, bro, <laughs> ease up, relax. Fault. You're fine. You're fine. You're a good kid. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I think it's important to to acknowledge the words that we use very casually because they can they can have an effect that we don't really expect. Um, Word. Get rid of the guilt, guys. <laughs> we don't need it. It's not helpful ever. Yeah. Is it can not helpful? Any situation where guilt is helpful? I really Well, wanna... people think that it's helpful. People think it's There's helpful, always yeah. a pure positive intention, right? If you're shaming yourself and making yourself feel guilty, the pure positive intention for doing so is probably you're trying not to make the same mistake again. You think that if you punish yourself enough that you will change your behavior and become better. You think that that will somehow fix the energy if you like yeah. suppress yours for having done something bad to someone else. Like it's some weird way to create Which is another justice. like let, let me suffer so yeah. that I can somehow make up for whatever, you know, it's just it's it's very interesting but there's always a pure positive intention which is important to remind ourselves of anytime you feel guilty for something intentionally or unintentionally done ask yourself instead what would be more helpful what can I learn from this because you can learn without feeling guilty you definitely can how can Um, I do better and it's more productive anyway (laughs) way more I like that shift but anyway I feel like this has been a great talk. I think we should head over to the Patreon. I know. I think this is a good opportunity to go over to the Patreon. We would love to pull some cards for you guys over there. And also I would love to read to you a little section of this book on upper limits. Um, That's really good and beneficial. And I think you guys will love it. So, and if you guys have any friends or if you haven't joined the Patreon yet, or somebody, you know, wants to join in the month of September, which is still, we got a couple weeks left. Anyone who joins Patreon in the month of September enters a raffle automatically to win Kelsey's new book, My Pocket Guide to Manifestation, as well as a free month inside my Align Your Mind Hypnotherapy membership with all of my best digital goods. Uh, So go enter the raffle. It costs less than a latte and you could get some really good stuff in the membership. And we're we're just already so happy to see you inside. So go join. It's great. Yes, we love you all. We hope you have a great week. Enjoy your life to the fullest. And that's all. Adios.
Thanks so much for tuning into the show and being a part of our High Vibinet community. Make sure if you're loving this episode or any episode to subscribe. Every week we're coming out with new content for you guys. And you can also join our email list. So lindsayrobinson.com, kelseyaida.com. We send email reminders every week about the episodes if you want to be also in the loop that way. And be sure to connect with us on social at Lindsay Robinson and at Kelsey Aida. And of course, if you guys want to join the Patreon to get bonus content, extended episodes on video and exclusive hangouts and things that we only give to our VIPs, you can join at patreon.com slash high vibe. You can start for as little as three bucks a month. So super easy, super quick and super fun to be there. Also, leave us a review. If you guys love this episode or any of our episodes, go tell us about it in the reviews and share with a friend that needs it. We love you guys. We'll see you next week and have a great one. Oh,